Welcome to Having It All. My name is Matthew Bivens, and each week I bring you conversations and insights that explore the question, what does having it all mean to you? My goal is to leave you with stories you can relate to and messages you can take action on so that you can create an abundant, loving life. I am so excited that you're here to hang out with me today. Now, let's jump right into this episode. Today's conversation is another special one because I'm sitting here live with my beautiful wife, Sarah, and uh, she's joining me on this episode because today we're talking all about love. If you remember the past, I believe, two to three episodes, we've been going through the Having It All framework, and again, all stands for Abundant Loving Life. So in last week's solo episode, I talked about abundance and what that truly means, and today we're going to talk about love. And so I thought to myself, well, who better to have here with me to talk about love than the woman who I am so incredibly in love with? And are the women, both of them, <laughs> Sarah and uh, and our, our soon-to-be little baby Maya. So, Sarah, how are you being today? I am awesome. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Thank you for having me here. I'm super excited. And um, I want to clarify something first. Is this going to be a clean episode or is this going to be a parental advisory episode? I need to, <laughs> I need to prepare myself for how to uh, regulate my speech. <laughs> oh, you know, I dig the rawness, so let it flow, baby. Okay, well, we'll see that. I won't, I won't bust out with anything unless it's necessary, because <laughs> I know that's important, how you label your episodes. Yeah, as long as I know, I can then label it, right. and then, uh, I don't know, maybe people get excited when they see the little E <laughs> on iTunes for explicit. Explicit content. So, before we jumped on the call, or excuse me, on the recording, when we were sort of chatting about what we want to talk about, mm-hmm. you were singing a song. You were singing a song by a pretty famous band. I think you've heard of them called the Beatles. Yes. And you were saying, all you need is love. Love, love, love. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, you know what? That is that is true. You know, all you truly need is love. But what kind of love? Right, right. You know? And so I thought that was a great kicking off point because uh, it can help set the context and the framework within which we're going to talk about love today. And I also wanted you on here as well because, you know, you're the creator of Back to Complete and the co-creator of Unleash Your Humble Badass. Uh, Back to Complete is your blog. Yes. And Unleash Your Humble Badass is the the digital program that you've created, um, put together, and is both of them are really about self-love. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, so I think you're an expert. Oh, thank you. Well, I I believe the self-love is really at the root of a lot of the the struggles, frustration, stress that we believe we're experiencing, right? You know, it's it's very real to believe you're in a certain state of less than than joy. And I think a lot of that comes from a lack of self-love, most likely due to a lack of self-understanding. I think Mm. the two go together a lot. When you when you aren't clear on who you are, it's very easy to operate from a space that looks like love maybe, but isn't. And I'm sure we're going to get into that with the other things that may look like love, you know, the kind of things that wear the mask of it, but really aren't truly unconditional love. Yeah, let's jump right into that because, you know, the context, having it all, abundant, loving life, um, it is important to to have a distinction between 
um, the different types of love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's the love that we see on TV. Mm. Um, there's the love that, you know, some self-help material um, puts out there. Um, but that's not the type of love that we're talking about today. So let's jump in. You mentioned conditional versus unconditional. So what are those differences? Okay. So if you look at it, just literally, if you look at the words, condition, love with condition or love without condition, and it makes me think of attachment mm, and yeah. connection. So I think when, when love is conditional, mm -hmm. there's all of these expectations tied to it. There's most likely a lot of resentment on the other end of whatever that condition is that's being held. Uh, yeah, when it's not met. Right, right. And then at the end, we kind of feel disappointed or be, because we, we put so much stock in what we were expecting to happen. And so then when that, when the bottom falls out of that, we feel like we're kind of left with nothing else. Which is pretty inevitable mm -hmm. when you place those conditions on it. So mm -hmm. conditional love looks like I'll love you when. Right. I'll love you as long as. Mm -hmm. And you're mm -hmm. absolutely right. When you put those conditions on it, inevitably... Because you're, you have conditions in the first place, you're going to experience them not being met. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, a lot of times you feel the disappointment, you feel the frustration, you, you feel the impact of having conditional love. Right. We talked about this the other day. Someone who, in a relationship, for instance, whether that's a romantic partnership or, or a familial relationship, makes a decision to make someone else happy, to get their love, mm -hmm. to receive their love. Yeah. Well, you've just set yourself up for a really interesting agreement, a really interesting contract, because then that means everything else you have to do after that needs to keep that up. Yeah. Because now that person's love for you is based on you doing what they want, not truly what comes from your mission or your value or what you're about. It's conditional. And that's a, that's a very interesting agreement that a lot of us make every single day with people. We do things with the hope, you know, love me because I'm doing this for you. But then when they're left unsatisfied, which they probably will at some point because it's not a genuine act that you're coming from, you're disappointed, you're upset, you still want their love. They want you to do what they want. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at yeah, and what that makes me think about is this idea that love is something that needs to be earned. Mm. You know, like, you have to earn my love. It, that would be really interesting if you and I had that sort of set up with our relationship and our love, if that's how it was from the get-go. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to earn my love. Right, that condition. And then, you know, what's the real motivator behind that then? Like, you say it's love, but really it's fear. It's yeah. fear of rejection. It's fear of not being accepted. It's that that love is no longer the real motivator and you can be motivated to do a lot by fear, by uh, pressure, you know, that you create for yourself that 
that gets us get, gets us moving a lot yeah, it can. a lot quicker sometimes than what we imagine love would would motivate us to do because that fear is so high. Yeah, and where it gets tricky is where fear and judgment and and anger and desire are masked as love or are, you know, put across as love. And so we do these things believing that they're out of love, but the root of them is truly fear. And I want to bring up now the um, the scale of consciousness from power versus force. So if you're listening right now and you're at a computer or, you know, you're not driving or something, um, go online, go to Google and search scale of consciousness, power versus force. David R. Hawkins. David R. Hawkins. And you'll see a table. Um, we're looking at this table right now. It's on the computer in front of us. And I just want to just want to point out where love calibrates. So, Sarah, in 30 seconds, how can we explain the scale of consciousness? So everything has an energetic reading, right? You know, if you believe that everything is energy, everything has a certain energetic content. And so mm -hmm. what David R. Hawkins has done, he is a specialist in kinesiology, and he had been able to figure out a way to essentially measure the energy of things, places, you know, you can go, you can read more about that. But what this essentially is, is an energetic reading, if you will, a calibration of where certain things fall on this scale of consciousness. If you were to look at consciousness from the lower end to the higher end with, you know, energetic readings and levels, that's, that's where this is. So that's, that's my best like 30 second exclamation, awesome. but you can learn more. Yeah. And, and to, you know, to ground it a little bit as well, you can simply look at it as how do you show up in life? You know, when you take the average of, of who you are being in different situations, um, are you coming from a place of anger? Are you coming from a place of pride? Are you coming from a place of courage, neutrality, willingness? So the map of or the scale of consciousness is just showing you the average state of being that you are in. So if you look at it, love is pretty close to the top. You know, love is is four away from the top. The very, very top of this scale is enlightenment, followed by peace, followed by joy, followed by love. Mm -hmm. Now, further down the scale, once you get into the, the so below 200, below the level of 200, um, you are in what's called force. Mm -hmm. You know, you are forcing things to happen. Um, force creates resistance, creates friction. Um, force does not create healing. Force right. does not create a, a, a rise in energy. It creates a, a dip in energy. Right. When you are above level 200, you're in power. You know, power is strength plus flow. Um, power heals. So love is very high up on the power. Um, and now desire is very low. And if you get back to what we said earlier, how many times do we mask love excuse me, do we mask desire as love? Mm. You know, that, that happens so often. And I think in media and Hollywood, like oh, that yeah. is, that's a huge message. Oh yeah. It's what we're sold every single day. Yeah. We we're encouraged to want and to crave, whether it's a tasty snack or a new shirt or a beauty product mm -hmm. that's going to change everything make us happy and make us love ourselves yeah. for once. And you made me think of the difference between connection and attachment. Mm -hmm. um, and there, you know, when we love somebody, it's easy for us to feel like we need to be attached to them. 
Sure. Yeah. And I mean, I I remember years ago um, when I was the girl I was dating before you, Sarah, we've talked about this. I convinced myself and this is this may not necessarily be the same as attachment and connection, but um, it is an example of the stories that we create about what love is. Sure. Um, I convinced myself that love was me not being able to be happy if she wasn't happy. Oh, yeah. Which meant I was attaching my cart to her emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Because at that time, both of us were going through the emotional roller coaster. And mm-hmm. so I said, okay, I cannot be happy if she's not happy. So when she was happy, I was great. I was on top of the world. When she wasn't happy, it was, I felt it. And... <clears throat> You know, I convinced myself of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I convinced myself that that was true love. So that's just a little tangent. And, um, you know, maybe you can think of the stories, uh, you know, you listening right now, you can think of some of the stories around love that you've convinced yourself of. Sure. I'm sure they're there. Well, I think that's awesome. I think it does tie in. And uh, can you share that little uh, metaphor or analogy you came up with? when we were chatting beforehand of the magnet and the paper, because I think that ties in directly with that. And I think, you know, when you create that visual, I think there's absolutely people who can relate to, oh, wow, I've been that paper. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So there's a difference between attachment and connection. So connection looks like two magnets, right? The North Pole, South Pole magnets connected. Boom. There is a strong bond. Sure. But when you separate the two magnets, it separates clean. Right. There's no damage. There's no leftover residue, mm-hmm. right? When they come together, they are very connected and they are very strong. But they, when they are pulled apart, they are still whole. <clears throat> now, attachment is like gluing two pieces of paper together, right? So imagine gluing two pieces of paper together and then trying to separate them. What's going to happen? Well, they're going to rip. You know, you're going to, there's going to be damage done. There's going to be pieces of paper left on, on one sheet. And it's not going to come apart clean, and both pieces of paper are going to be forever impacted by that connection. I really, really like that because mm-hmm. if you take a second to actually absorb that and think about it, how many of us have been that sheet of paper, have been so tightly glued to what we thought was, whether it was the love of our life, a person, a job, a place, whatever the case is, an idea, and then to have that kind of ripped apart when that when the conditions to that love no longer hold up yeah like it's messy and like there's all this crust and tiny rips in the paper and stuff and then like you said there's some that um some of the sheets of paper leave marks on each other yeah and then you go off into the world looking to re-glue to something else when you are now less whole than you were before, Oof. that is not love. That's not love for yourself. That's not love for other people. And that's not love for your life. That's not a, a, a passion, like a, a joie de vivre, if you will. Like that, that's mm. not love. That is not abundant, loving life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, such a, a much more powerful place to be in is that incredibly deep, strong, fulfilling connection with someone and you know this stuff is challenging you and I talked about this yesterday we were in the car so we have two dogs we have Olive and Watson and we were talking in the car about you know when baby Maya comes into the world Olive and Watson will be five four and five you know they're not going to be around forever 
right? Yes, so, they will. <laughs> <laughs> so you and I are very attached to them. A little bit. I will, yes. Yeah, we're, I will say I'm very attached to my dogs. And so, you know, obviously a, a more powerful place that's going to that's gonna hurt less is going to be being very connected to them. Right. But right now mm-hmm. I'm very attached to them. And so, you know, when the day comes, when they decide to go on to the, to the next phase, it's if I, if I'm at where I'm at right now, it's going to be messy. It's going to be mm-hmm. a lot of ripping. It's going to be a lot of damage done. And so, like, this stuff is challenging, mm-hmm. you know, th- because so much of what we're, we're taught, so much of the script that we're handed about love is about attachment and it's about condition. Mm-hmm. And so for us to sit here and say a more powerful place to be is unconditional and connected, you know, we're not also saying it's easy. Mm-hmm. We're not also saying that making that shift in how you view love and how you be love is easy. Mm-hmm. And this brought up something for me. I don't really know how it ties in necessarily to, you know, from the framework, but the flip of that, the grief, you know, that's what came up for me when you're talking mm-hmm. about like losing something, you know, whether it's someone that has passed away or someone that's no longer in your life anymore, you know, grief is a very real emotion and, and, uh, counter to, to love. It's interesting how they, they kind of tie in with each other, but then at the same time, it's a very interesting relationship for the two. And I remember when I was mourning or grieving the loss of someone, I read in something, I can't remember what it was, but it was a very powerful statement for me. And it was that the, the grief you're experiencing, grief is made a lot more simple when you have a true loving connection with the, the person and you're, you're in a great space and you're kind of resolved to, you have that unconditional love. So I think when you have that unconditional love, things like grief, while they'll still be very uh, relevant, they'll still be very palpable, it's a lot more simple to deal with than if you were in a space with something that you had this tumultuous, conditional love with, and Mm. now it's no longer in your life. I feel like the grief from that, the fall from that is a lot harder than than having that unconditional love. Mm. Powerful. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to loop this back around and bring this back to the context of having it all and abundant, loving life. Because um, you know, if, if we remember the life part of it, is those six Fs. Faith, family, friends, fitness, finance, and fun. Did I get them all? Yes. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I got them all. Okay. So being able to have a a loving experience of each of those and being able to say that you are showing up in each of those areas as loving, mm-hmm. um, I believe, and we are, we are saying, we are stating, it starts with a deep love of self. Mm-hmm. And um, you stated earlier that love of self begins with understanding. Yes. And since I, I view you as the expert, especially in this household, um, can you give some very concrete action steps that if someone, if you listening are saying, okay, I want to work on my self-love because I notice that I don't have the most loving conversations about myself in my head. I notice that I am my biggest critic. I notice that it's very easy for me to judge myself. Therefore, it's easy for me to also to judge other people. And if that's something you want to work on, then Sarah, can you give just three just three simple things that people can do um, to to 
love themselves and to begin to create a more loving relationship with themselves so that they can then go out and show up powerfully and loving in those six F's so that they can create an abundant, loving life. Sure. So first thing I would say is self-affirmation, but not just, you know, reading it off of a, an app or something like that. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about standing in front of the mirror first thing in the morning or last thing at the end of the day before you go to bed, looking at yourself, you know, piercing into your soul (laughs) and saying, I love you. And I love you because X, Y, and Z, whatever that is. And it might feel weird at first. I know when I started practicing this a few years ago, felt a little goofy, but it really, there's this, there's an immediate benefit to it when you, when you start doing that, especially if you, you know, dedicate yourself to it. And, um, men, you do it too. You do it, Matthew. So yeah, I I have it on my balance chart Mm -hmm. to do an affirmation like that five times a week. Mm -hmm. And I, I've been doing that for a while and I go through ebbs and flows, you know, weeks when I get them all and weeks when I don't. And when I, when I'm not consistent with it, it feels awkward, right? You know, but that's, that's how you know that it is something worth doing, right? Because it feels awkward and it feels uncomfortable. That means that there's an opportunity to grow and just, it's simple. Just looking at yourself in the mirror, looking into your eyes and saying, I love you, Matthew. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply it it's it's powerful it's uh pretty incredible what impact that simple act can have but you got to actually do it and you gotta you gotta keep it up put the reps in right okay all right number two uh just to touch on that one more second dudes love themselves too dudes need to love themselves so yes. i like that you've had a lot of really powerful men on the show oh, uh, yeah. challenging you know masculinity and what that looks like and what it looks like to be a powerful yeah. man so i'm sure there can be a ton more episodes on man self-love but it's so important for all of us for men to be loving themselves as well yeah and so thanks for mentioning that because my guest um dale thomas vaughn you know he is a guy who has spent the past however many years of his life um, examining the script of masculinity and really looking at what we as men have been taught masculinity is and looking at how that has, in many instances, hurt our health, our mental health, spiritual health, emotional health, physical health, social health. And so, you know, Dale has just been a pioneer in really examining that. So, you know, go to firesidenetwork.com and listen to the episode. Uh, the title is Loving Your Otherness and the Myth of Tomorrow with Dale Thomas Vaughn. So check it out on Fireside Network. That's where this show lives. And also check it out on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. Again, the title is Loving Your Otherness and the Myth of Tomorrow. And you'll hear Dale talk about the script uh, and the beliefs around masculinity in 2016. Great. The second example I would give as far as practicing self-love is to love on your physical body. 
you know, the, the body doesn't lie. So a lot of times the way our bodies are showing up are, is indicative of other things going on metaphysically, emotionally, mentally. So I would recommend making some shifts in that area, whatever that looks like. Maybe it's shifting first thing in the morning from reaching for that coffee immediately to a glass of water to hydrate yourself. You know, we were just learning last night, you're essentially dehydrated when you wake up every single morning because you're going eight plus hours. If you sleep eight hours, like I do right now before a baby, (laughs) you (laughs) need water first thing in the morning. So something like that, or just going for a walk or choosing that salad over a burger, those types of things are really going to empower you. And they're all giving back to you. You know, those are, those are acts that fuel your tank. You know, we're all expected to get up every single day, give out everything we have to everyone else, have nothing left at the end of the day but have a smile about it, wake up the next morning and do it all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So pick one, give them one thing. Drink 10 ounces of water when you wake up. Okay, cool. So and the, love yourself. The first thing is affirmations in the mirror. Yes. Um, the second thing is to drink 10 ounces of water. As soon as you wake up, the first thing you do. Third thing. Third thing would be to take essentially a relationship audit of your life. Look at the Mm. people around you, look at those relationships and understand that the people you spend the most time with, the people that you create the most intimate relationships with are inevitably going to impact how you love yourself because they're either going to be in support of that or not. They're either going to be adding to that or they're going to be siphoning off of that and draining you of that. Mm, Yeah. So that might seem like a difficult or lofty task, but there are ways to do that. I have developed ways to kind of look at the relationships in your life. There's a section in the Unleash Your Humble Badass course that you've mentioned before on the show where you essentially take inventory of the relationships in your life and you think about what you want them to look like and what you want to experience in them. So that's something that you can do within that course. Cool. So if we were to recap the three things that you listening can go do today to love on yourself, the first is take a minute to just every day, maybe a couple times a week, look yourself in the mirror and say, I love you. I love you. Insert your name and say why. That's number one. The second is once you wake up in the morning, the first thing that you do before you jump on your phone, before you brush your teeth, go get a glass of water and drink 10 ounces of water. And the third thing you can do is take a relationship audit. Really look at the relationships in your life that are important to you and ask yourself, how am I showing up in those relationships? Do I have the relationship with this individual that I really want? What would I like this relationship to look like? And to write that down. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So let's say somebody does that and they're like, I need more. I want more self-love. I want more self-understanding because you know, I, I feel like there's something there that I'm not tapping into that I would like to to tap into my greatness, shift my experience of life, and really just show up as the most badass version of myself that I can. I know, because I've worked on it with you, that uh, you have a pretty amazing program to help people do that that exact thing. So can you take a minute and just tell us about Unleash Your Humble Badass? Sure. Unleash Your Humble Badass is essentially an eight-part course program, all online, all self-guided, for you to start getting clear on who you are so that you can create your most authentic, 
loving, badass life. Mm. That's essentially what it is. And it goes through this, you know, we say self-discovery, but I like it Mm. as a self-rediscovery process. And it's going through, you know, what matters to you? What do you value? What are you about? What do you want to be experiencing in your, your relationships, your health, your work environment, all of those things, it, it kind of takes an account of, of all of that and leaves you with an empowered, more confident understanding of who you are. And then you can go out into the world and conduct yourself accordingly. Cause a lot of the traps, a lot of the the stuff that we find ourselves in and feel helpless to get out of is most likely a symptom of not being clear on who mm. we are. And that's a really frustrating, scary, potentially painful place to be in, but it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. You have a choice and unleash your humble badass is a choice in that stepping into your next most powerful self, your greatness essentially. So for some of the people who have gone through Unleash Your Humble, your humble Badass, some of your clients, um, what stories or beliefs or statements did they bring into the course that, mm-hmm. you know, that this course attracted them because they wanted to change that dialogue? They wanted to change some of the things they were saying about themselves. They wanted to change their experience. What specific things, you know, what were, what were they experiencing? What challenges were they experiencing? I would say some of the biggest ones are a feeling of unworthiness, you know, and that ties back in with the self-love feeling like you're not worthy of the things that you're, you're creating or the things in your life. And then if that's your belief, that's what shows up. Right. So then you have this, this environment around you that supports you in feeling unhealthy, overweight, uh, unsuccessful in your work, unsuccessful in your relationships. So those are a lot of the scripts uh, feeling completely helpless and not knowing how to conduct yourself when it hits the fan, when stuff goes awry, mm. just n- not knowing how to handle it. And let's be real, that's going to come up all the time. We're yeah. human beings and we interact with other dynamic human beings all day, every day. Stuff's going to come up that we didn't anticipate or expect. And it's how are you going to conduct yourself in the wake of all of that? So people who have come in before the, you know, before Unleash Your Humble Badass have had no tools no tools with which to deal with that and just feeling overwhelmed and stressed out and feeling like they don't have the the right to give back to themselves, feeling like they don't, it doesn't make sense to invest in themselves because they have to do for everyone else. Mm. So those are some very common beliefs that are held before stepping into unleash your humble badass. But what com- what's with that though, even though that's there is a willingness there needs to be that willingness to step into what's next, you know, a, a surrender quality of, okay, this clearly isn't working for me anymore. I'm trying to solve my problems with the same type of mindset and thinking that created these problems Oof. and that's not working anymore. Wow. So that's, that's all self-love, yes. you know, it's self-love and, and understanding. And as we, you and I, and, and, you listening who has really resonated with abundant loving life and and having it all meaning having an abundant loving life you know let's get back to the self love because if we want to show up powerfully with our friends with our family in the other in the roles that we play you know leader 
parent, sibling, grandparent, entrepreneur, whatever it is, if we want to be able to show up powerfully and, and, and from a place of peace and flow and love, then it really begins with ourselves. Yes. It truly begins with ourselves. And so um, that's what we're going to leave you all with. Um, we, you know, this this conversation was awesome because, um, again, I think you are such a, an expert in, you know, what it looks like to love yourself, what it looks like to unconditionally love yourself and to constantly be practicing unconditional love with other people. And, you know, that's something that I learned from you all the time. And you have received the coaching that you sought out so powerfully so that you can now take the tools and use them yourself, but then give them to others and allow other people to um, to experience higher levels of understanding and love because they have the tools as well. And so, um, you know, this episode has tools in it, simple tools. Unleash Your Humble Badass goes deeper with those tools. And so if you're looking to experience an abundant, loving life, then, you know, start looking in the mirror, literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, because when you, when you heal, we all heal, right? And we're all, you know, you said mirror, we're all reflections of each other. So when when stuff starts going topsy-turvy, one thing you can do, you can always fall back on is, okay, how can I work on me in this situation? Yeah. That's free. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's the most powerful way way to go, the most powerful route to take when you don't know what else to do is work on you. Boom. So the show notes for this episode is going to have links to the um, David R. Hawkins Powerverse Force. It'll have links to Unleash Your Humble Badass mm-hmm. and all the different things that we mentioned in this episode. So go check that out. Um, you can find the home of having the Having It All podcast on the Fireside Network. That's firesidenetwork.com. Click over to shows and find Having It All. And that's where all of our episodes live and the show notes and all that stuff. Um, but you can also find this show on iTunes. Uh, we are recently on Stitcher and Google Play. So you can uh, basically whatever whatever music player that you use to listen to your to your podcasts, we should be there. And if we're not there, shoot me a message. You know, go to matthewbivens.com, um, use my contact, shoot me a message and say, hey, dude, I use the, you know, super galactic podcast player and you're not on it. And uh, I'll see if we can get on there. And so I appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, Sarah, I appreciate you chatting with me, coming into the studio and, and getting on the mic again with me. I always love these conversations. So thank you. Oh, thank you. And uh, for you listening, thank you so much. Thanks for giving your time. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, my name is Matthew Bivens, and here is to you having it all. Two quick things before you leave. First, did you know that the Having It All podcast is a part of the Fireside Network? Yep, we are one of the esteemed shows that calls Fireside Network home. That means if you ever want to listen to a show outside of iTunes or Stitcher or whatever your favorite podcasting app is, all you need to do is visit firesidenetwork.com and under shows, select having it all. From there, you can access all the episodes, see the show notes, learn about my guests and more. Second, I am very excited to announce that my brand new website is live. Visit MatthewBivens.com and you can learn more about me, get plugged into an accountability group, 
and pick up some free content like the Abundance Benchmark. I am all about helping you not only identify what your ideal life looks like, but also helping you on your journey towards it. I want you to experience more abundance and love in your life. So again, you can find out more information about all of that great stuff at MatthewBivens.com. Thank you once more for listening to the show. And here is to you having it all. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.